0: Bearstone County contains explicit language and graphic content of all kinds and is not suitable for sensitive listeners or anyone under the age of 18. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Episode 3 Wind in the White Meadows, narrated by Rachel Irvin.
0: The life they carry is stuffed into a cotton sack dangling off the mule's haunch, likely worth more than the items inside. The man, Josiah, pulls lightly on the lariat slung around the lanky mule, and the girl, Isabella, sits atop a wool blanket on its back, cradling her newborn baby across her bare left breast. (coughs) Greasy flyaways slap her cheeks in irritating ticks, and a hollow pain stirs her stomach. Every tired breath feels like sharp grains of sand scraping against the back of her mouth. Dried-eyed, she watches the passing juniper bushes sway in a soft breeze and a creek trickles just beyond the cypress border. Brown splotches stain her skin, smearing across her cheeks in trails of dried tears. Rips along the seams of her loose dress flap in the wind, exposing her sunburnt skin. A small brown sheet of burlap drapes over her shoulders, protecting the baby from the summer sun. It saws against her collarbone, and searing pain radiates from her raw skin. Needles prick up her neck as the teething baby chews on her nipple, satiated for the moment. She winces but welcomes the innocent pain. The baby fusses from beneath the burlap as she reaches under, covering her breast with loose fabric. The thick tree line begins to dissolve, and a mile across a lush meadow sits the mountain burrow of Leyden. Petals of yarrow, marigold, and river lilies polish the vista in a dazzling hue. In the distance, smoke plumes drift into the sky above the town and disintegrate into the grey storm clouds overhead. Josiah stops, rubs the mule on the forehead, and hands the lariat to Isabella. Purple mountain daisies bloom in the grass ahead, and he reaches down, plucking one by the stem. Leaves tickle her cheek as he brushes the loose yellow strands from her face, securing the flower behind her ear. Tears shimmer in his eyes behind a faint smile as his thumb caresses her cheek. I love you. A tear falls from her eye, trickling over her weak smile. Dirt smears across her cheek when he wipes the tear with his thumb. Looking down at her arms, he lifts the burlap sheet from the child. A sea of dimples cracks across his loose skin when he smiles.
1: And I love you too, little one.
0: Tiny fingers reach out and he nuzzles them against his stubble. Isabella hands the rope back to him and he pulls on the animal's jowl leading them through the meadow towards the town. Hunkered on the outskirts sits a haggard slum lost to the winds of time. Scattered shanties burrowed into shallow cavities form asinine mazes of the roads. Filthy, poignant stares watch the young family slog through the labyrinth. A melancholy silence respires sour air down their necks. Sprawled against the wall of an alleyway is a rotten, fly-infested corpse of an old man, legs cocked in bizarre angles and his loose gray skin hanging over a slack mouth. Isabella looks at the dead man and tries to imagine a fantastical life to mourn, but she sees nothing, just a nameless death. She crosses herself and fidgets with her rosary beads. Unto death shalt thou return. The maze unravels into the thoroughfare, giving a wide berth to the buildings. Puddles of chamber slop collect along the road's edges, mixing with the mud and clinging to the town. Ammonia emits from a leaching apparatus mingling with the stench. Passers-by pay half their mind to the pamphlets shoved in their faces, only to diminish into defunct eyes refocusing on their ill-fated trail along the catwalk. A vicar galvanizes deaf ears with scriptures from atop a wooden supply wagon situated in front of the stables. Heckles from the crowd respond with obscenities and vulgar hand gestures. The local inn spews out brawling patrons, and a small crowd gathers to observe the commotion. Sadistic chants fuel the fickle altercation until one of the men lay face down, dead in the mud. A rickety sign that reads, Hannigan's Provisions, hangs from steel-linked chains in front of the general store. A man in dusty overalls spits brown sludge at a spittoon by the support beam on the porch. Droplets ricochet off the bronze lip and hit Josiah on the cheek as they approach the hitching post. The man aimlessly wipes at his mouth, revealing a smile of garbled black teeth. In the distance, a gavel strike rings out from the gallows. Onlookers amass in the streets, hooting and hollering for a spectacle. As she slides off the mule, Isabella looks down the road to see a man with bound hands ascending the gallow steps in tandem with creaking slats under her naked feet. Loose splinters dig into her soles, and the floorboards moan like ghosts as they approach the entryway. She wants to feel hopeful that their trek across the mountains, twisted and hazardous as it was, would prove fruitful, though she finds it unlikely. Perfect white rays of light cut through the black veil over the shop. A red dot glows from the mouth of a broad, flabby silhouette slouched behind the register.
2: What y'all want?
0: Isabella's legs stop in a wave of dread. She lowers her voice and tugs on Josiah's hand. I don't want to be here. Why not? This place feels like we walked into a shadow. She clutches the baby. Can we please just go? The figure sighs with impatience and rips the cigarette from its (sighs) maw.
2: Well, let's have it then. I ain't gonna wait until the second coming of Christ.
0: Josiah lifts a finger to the man and rests his forehead against Isabella's.
2: It'll be all right.
0: Tension pushes behind her eyes, but there aren't any tears left to shed. A drink of water would do her body wonders, but even the free things in life have a price. Unable to speak, she reluctantly nods. Cracked lips press against her forehead and weak fingers swim through the back of her hair. Josiah turns to the shadow, resting his shaky hands on the counter, wearily supporting his weight.
2: We're in need of food. We got a sale on grapes going on right now.
0: A small slip of paper slides across the counter with various items listed in jagged handwriting. Their price is labeled along the right margin. It's just a blur of numbers to Josiah's eyes.
2: We ain't got no money.
0: The paper slides (laughs) back into the chuckling shadow behind the counter.
2: Well then, I ain't got no provisions for you. (laughs) A filthy sleeve
0: rises and wipes the face of the shadow. Josiah tries to make sense of the dubious shape on its face, but it's just an empty blackness staring into him. Panic churns in his empty stomach and heat seeps from his pores.
2: How
1: about a trade?
0: The figure tilts his head toward the countertop. Pops and cracks rattle in Josiah's joints as he fishes through the pockets of his grey trousers. A collection of trinkets clack against the wood under his heavy hand. A button, a thimble, two empty bullet casings, and a pile of lint. The shadow rears back and tilts his head, then scoffs.
2: Well, none of this ain't worth the stink of a pig fart.
0: Isabella feels frigid eyes fall on her, and she recoils.
2: What about the girl? How much you selling her for?
1: My wife ain't for sale.
2: (laughs) No, not her. She spoiled goods.
0: A long, meaty finger extends from the shadow and points at the baby. Her. Stones rattle inside Isabella's glass skull, shattering the exhaustion as she lunges at the blackness, exuding venom behind clenched fangs. She is not for sale. The shadow retreats backward, and a ray of white light from the staggered wall slats shines against his face. Sunken, dead eyes and sagging skin hang off a decrepit skull, vaguely resembling the face of what used to be a man or what could have been at any rate. Fragmented brown teeth gawk from its crooked slack jaw, stained with tobacco and god knows what else. Frail bones rattle as his mouth shifts in strange directions when he prepares to speak.
2: I was meaning no offense, ma'am. Alls I was meaning was the procure at the end pays a pretty penny for fresh girls.
0: Isabella's eyes squint and heat flares from her nostrils when his gray eyes fall on the baby.
2: I could even facilitate the trade for you if y'all want. My wife
1: already told you. She ain't for sale.
0: Josiah runs his hand over Isabella's shoulder, trying to calm her.
2: Well then, I ain't got nothing for you. You and your Hellcat here can see yourselves out.
0: Their eyes wander the floorboards until they finally meet. Despair lingers in the air between them. Vigor and horror crash in the blue waves of Isabella's eyes. The ambition that once ached to navigate her placid seas collapses inside of Josiah, leaving nothing but puddles of desperation. Exhaustion presses on his shoulders, pulling his eyes to the floor. Josiah turns back to the counter.
2: How about our mule out there? How much can I get for him?
0: The man leans to look over Josiah's shoulder at the animal outside the window.
2: It's a damn scrawny little shit, ain't it? Wouldn't say he's worth much more than a can of beans. He's got more to him than your eyes will tell. That's usually the case, ain't it?
0: The man mutates back into a shadowy mass.
2: Alright then, I'll give y'all two cans of beans.
0: Isabella's lips snarl when the cold eyes fall back upon her.
2: And that's being overly generous.
0: You must be outside of your damn mind. Deal. Josiah sticks out his hand and wet paws yank him into the shadow. Rain pours through rays of sun as they emerge from the shop. After collecting what little belongings they possess and bidding farewell to their mule, they drudge up the hill toward the diminishing crowd by the gallows. The priest stands before the swinging corpse, reciting the last rites and offering prayer. You shouldn't have done that.
1: What else was I supposed to do, hmm? It's a meal we didn't have before.
0: But now we're stuck here. And what happens when that meal is gone?
1: I'm sure we'll figure something out.
0: I'm tired, Josiah. Tired of figuring and tired of scouring for hope in such a vicious world.
1: We could find work. We'll survive.
0: Then what? This place doesn't want anyone to be happy. Especially those in need. Survival isn't a reason or means to live by. If all we do is survive, then we're no better than the common mongrel. Which could we might as well be?
1: We could make it better for the little one.
0: No, we can't. She'll grow up, and the viciousness will still be here, ready to eat her alive. This world doesn't want our kind.
1: And what kind is that, Isabella?
0: a good kind.
1: Well then, what do we do?
0: I don't know. She stomps past Josiah and up the muddy hill, cradling the baby close to her chest. By the time she reaches the gallows, the crowd had disappeared entirely, leaving no soul to mourn the man's death. Isabella stands next to the priest and bows her head in prayer. Our father, who art in heaven. Inside her eyes, she finds her mind wandering to the image of the old man in the alley. Shalt thou return? Isabella. She opens her eyes, gazing at the corpse swinging before her. A bony hand touches her back.
2: What you thinking?
0: Calm tears fall down her face, washing away with drops of rain. When she turns, the broken shell of her husband stands before her. A smile cracks across her face, and she plants her hand on his cheek. Their lips meet in a wet collision among the rainfall, then part, Isabella gleaming in the shade of the overcast. Did you hear that? She bounces the cooing baby in her arms. God spoke. The following is a letter found clutched in the hands of a deceased Isabella later that night. She was discovered in a dingy campsite in Rose Ridge Valley outside laden by a woodsman, Elias McRae. Not a foot from her laid the body of her beloved, Josiah, and two cans of Van Camp's pork and beans. Only one had been spent. Dear Mama, it is with my most profound regret that I inform you that Josiah and I have decided to depart from this place. Knowing that white meadows await us in the kingdom of God, enduring the trials and misfortune of this forsaken land no longer makes sense. To not tarnish my place alongside God in heaven Josiah has graciously offered to take my life and the life of our beautiful little girl before his own. He truly is a good man. I wish you could have seen it before the end. After seeing the true nature of humanity unfurl before me these past few months, it is my honest belief that Earth is not a place between Heaven and Hell, but Hell itself. How else would God let such cruelty and malice befall His children? This world and its occupants only know an insatiable appetite and a need to feed on the less fortunate. I cannot bear the hypocrisy any longer. I am not sorry, though. I'm sure you'd want me to be. Knowing that I'm a faithful Christian, I do not doubt God is saving me a seat in His great hall. I wish things could have been better for us and you, I wish the hands of righteousness and love weren't bound by their hunger. I wish life could have been better for our baby girl. In her laugh, I hear the voice of God and He is beckoning us home. I hope someday we will hold hands side by side in the wind of the white meadows. Tell Daddy I love him and hope he does not mourn my passing, for it is not a loss, nor is it in vain, eternally yours in faith and love. Isabella
1: This episode of Bearstone County was written, directed and produced by Luke Mott with musical themes, scores and sound design by Luke Mott starring
0: Rachel Irvin
1: as Isabella, Luke Mott as Josiah and the shopkeeper. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave a rating or review on whatever streaming service you listen on, and follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter at Bearstone County. Stories written in their original format can be found on our website, somniaticarts.com/bearstone County. Thank you for listening.